Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There are so many in the world this day who live with the reality of a disability, whether born with one or receiving one later on in life. Those disabilities range from troubles and trials of walking to being able to hear or as simply as being able to see. These disabilities are what they are. They are disabling. They prevent us from doing the ordinary, the everyday, the, the work of which the remainder of society seemingly has no problem doing. And so with medical advancements, we try to overcome the disabilities that are there in our lives. For those of us with poor sight, well, the gift of glasses or LASIK surgery. For those who have crippling diseases and cannot walk, we see the advancement of artificial limbs and the like to help those people rise and walk. And for those who are deaf, we now have surgeries that are giving hearing to those who previously could not here. But one of the most difficult ones to live in life with is blindness. Utter darkness. No light coming in through your eyes to illuminate your mind, your soul of everything that is before you. We have a little glimpse of that in our house with our rescue dog Reggie. He is blind in his one eye. We can see just some of the simple things that other dogs have no problems with. Reggie has lots of problems. When running around the house, he always slows down because he never knows when a piece of furniture might be there that he's about to plow into. And sometimes he does. We feel bad for him. We want him to be whole. And yet there's nothing that we can do to change this little dog's circumstance. But what about a person? What about somebody who is born blind, never having the sensation of sight, never being able to see the colors that God has placed in the world, the shapes, the figures, the faces, the people, the beauty and the grandeur of God's creation. Now what about you? As you look at this gospel lesson this morning, it is clear that Jesus has healed you too, but from a different kind of blindness altogether. Jesus has changed how the man saw the world, and Jesus has done the exact same thing for us. At the core of this gospel lesson, we are confronted with a very simple truth. The truth is this, Jesus heals. Jesus heals the broken. Jesus heals the fractured. Jesus heals the disabled. Now, as the story goes in this very long gospel reading, Jesus and his disciples were walking along, 
and they saw a blind man begging on the side of the road. And, and we are told that this man was blind from birth. And in that society, there wasn't anything else he could do. No other means by which to earn money, to sustain himself, to take care of himself, to live in the remainder with the rest of the people. And so Jesus' disciples ask a very common question. Now for you and me, this question seems a little out of the ordinary. It's not the way our 21st century minds think. But in Jesus' day, this was the common question. Who sinned, this man or his parents? Because a disability was the result or the consequence in the ancient mind of sin. So did his family do something wrong? Was it his mom and dad's fault? After all, we do a lot of that, don't we? It's not my fault, it's my parents' fault or my grandparents' fault, that kind of generational guilt? Or was it the man? Did the man do something wrong? And yet we are told simply, he was born this way. The reality is, somebody had to have sinned. Now the common belief was also that a disability was a punishment from God. Can you imagine? Whatever your ailment may be, whatever you were born with, you live with this overwhelming sense that God is punishing you. Have you ever felt that way? Like circumstances just don't go the right way and you feel like, what did I do wrong, God, to deserve this? I think we sometimes think that way the pile-up of work that we just seemingly can't get out from underneath, the challenges of the position that we are in. Maybe it's the financial crisis that we are facing. And we start thinking, you know, God, what did I do wrong to deserve this? And for the disciples, they were thinking this way. Somebody had to have sinned. Somebody broke God's law. Somebody did something wrong. But that isn't how Jesus answers this, is it? In fact, Jesus' answer turns everything on its ear. Because Jesus' answer is, it's no one's fault. Can you imagine if your entire faith construct is based on God's punishment you doing something wrong to get what you deserve. And Jesus goes, no, it's not anyone's fault. I love what it says in verse 3, early on in our text. Jesus answered, it was not this man sinned or his parents, but the works of God might be displayed in him. Simply put, in the midst of adversity, God can do amazing and something out of the ordinary. God's about to do something absolutely incredible. And that's why this man was born blind. For this very moment. For this moment, for the works of God to be displayed to the entire world. You see, 
Jesus connects this situation with his outlook on life. That God is always willing and doing and working through ordinary people. That God is working and willing in the midst of us every single day. He continues in verse 4, We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. We need to work now, while it is still daylight, while we have time, while we have breath in our lungs, while God gives us the physical abilities, the emotional capacity, and the spiritual bandwidth to do. You can't do it when you're dead. You can only do it on this side of the dirt, so to speak. And so the time is now. The time is now for us, but time was now for this blind man to receive his sight. There wasn't time for any more delay. This man's life was forever to be transformed at this precise moment. I'm sure we've all heard that little few words put together for such a time as this. This was that time. Have you ever felt that in your life, spiritually speaking? That this was the moment, that this moment was bigger than myself or those around me, that this was the moment where God was about to do something powerful, something incredible, something life-changing. I love what Jesus says in the very next verse. It's the verse to me that just brings this whole passage to life. In verse 5, he says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. You see, Jesus was there, and Jesus was about to do something big. Jesus truly was the light of the world and was about to be the light of this man's soul and was about to be the light that this man saw. Can you imagine? The Lord Jesus himself is the one who restores you. So as the text unfolds, so what does Jesus do? Truth is, Jesus simply gets down in the dirt. I mean, there's all different ways Jesus heals people. If you go through the scriptures, it's, you know, sometimes it's with a touch. Sometimes it's a person who touches Jesus. But this time, Jesus takes ordinary dirt. We're told that he spits on the ground. He makes like this mud paste. He puts it on the blind man's eyes. Have you ever had dirt in your eyes? Yes. It's not fun, is it? It's kind of terrible, and you're blinking, and you want to flush it out. But Jesus puts mud on his eyes, and he tells him to go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. There's something very spiritual going on here, isn't there? This blind man is about to be sent. Sent to the Pharisees, sent to all who would hear him sent out into the world as a witness of what would occur in his life. 
And so the man could see for the first time when he does this. Can you imagine for a moment seeing for the first time? I think it's hard for us who are sighted to imagine what he experienced. So maybe imagine, if you will, something incredible that you saw for the first time ever. I can still remember when we lived in Arizona, going up to the Grand Canyon and walking out to the rim and seeing something so large, so deep, so wide, so grand, that my eyes couldn't behold all of it. It's physically not possible. My field of vision wasn't wide enough to drink it all in. For some people, it's the first time they go up to New York and see these skyscrapers on this thin sliver of land glistening in the sunlight. What is it for you? Maybe it's a desert person who comes and sees the ocean for the very first time. Now, I want you to put yourself in the place of the man for the moment. All of a sudden, he could see colors and shapes and faces and everything. Everything all at once pouring into his eyes. His mind open, his heart open, his soul open. But have you ever stopped to think he could also see for the first time crime and disease and despair? Because along with it comes all of the things that sin has brought into the world that he could see. But the one thing that we want to not lose sight of it was the light of the world poured into him. And I'm not just talking about the sun in the sky. I'm talking about Jesus. Because in his very long gospel, there's this interaction going on between this blind man, now sighted, and Jesus. And every time he sees Jesus, his faith grows. His certainty and security enlarges, and he sees the light of the world. The eyes of his face were opened, but Jesus now also wanted to open the eyes of his soul. This man who can now see had a beginnings of a faith. He began to see things a little differently, and here was his challenge. The, the Pharisees... Now, they would want to certainly see his eyes opened, but Jesus wanted the blind man's soul opened. He wanted this man to have faith, an uncompromising, unshakable faith in him. And the irony is, as you go through this text, the Pharisees literally get so frustrated with him that they kick him out of the synagogue. Can you imagine your whole life being blind? The Son of God comes and restores your sight. You tell the Pharisees this. And I love the banter back and forth between this man and the Pharisees. It's such a great conversation. 
Because he's like, oh, you want to follow them too? No, they're trying to ensnare and entrap Jesus in his words. That's the last thing they want to do. And so as a consequence, this man whose eyes of faith are opened gets tossed out of the synagogue. I just love verse 34 in our text. They answered him, you were born in utter sin and you would teach us? And then they cast him out. Oh, we're not so bad, says the Pharisees, but you, now you're a bad dude. You were born in sin. That's why you were blind. And now you're trying to teach us? Get out of here. They toss him out. Which I think brings us to the big picture for today. When we look at this big picture, we realize that Jesus opens the eyes of the man's soul. He can see spiritually things he had never seen before for the first time. And I love this man's progression of faith. Because that's the miracle that really takes place here. It's not only that he can now see, but he can see his salvation. With the eyes of faith, the man saw his Savior. So often we read scripture and we're reading the words, but we're, we're missing the story of salvation that uniquely and wonderfully applies to ourselves. This man's story, in a very real way, is our story. I'm sure we weren't born blind, but we were born in our sinful state. We were in need of a Savior. We were born with spiritual eyes closed shut. Do you know people like that in the world? I think I do. It's sad. It's sad because everything is simply limited to themselves. To who they are, what they can do, what they can accomplish. They, they don't see the power of God working in their lives. For you and me, baptism has washed away our blindness. As it forgives our sin, it opens our eyes of faith. Through baptism and the love Jesus provided you, you now have eyes of faith. You can see things others simply don't see. You can stand at the mouth of the Grand Canyon and you could say it's a big hole. Or you can stand at the mouth of the Grand Canyon and see the power of God's creative activity in the world. You can stand and see a person that the doctors have no understandable reason as to why the person is healed. Or you can look at the person and say, that was the power of God working in this moment. Or you could see a, a person lying in a coffin and go, they've died. And they're gone. Or through Jesus you look and you say, I see a redeemed child of God embraced in the kingdom of heaven. Because my eyes of faith allow me to see that. It's because we see the world differently. We see Jesus even in the midst of the crises that surround us. I think the funny thing about this text is you and I, we all have encounters with Jesus. Some are very small. Some of them are much more grand. 
We have these encounters with Jesus, sometimes with other people, through friendships and relationships and family. Sometimes it's just in our quiet reading, where God whispers gently into our ear. And sometimes it's in worship, in the power of song or a sermon or a reading that strikes us differently than it ever has before. But they all are encounters with the Savior. You see, all it takes is one visit with the Savior of the world, and someone's eyes can be opened, just as was the case for the blind man. And knowing and believing this, may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may keep your hearts and minds through faith in one Lord Jesus, now and unto eternal life. Amen.